0: our text for this morning is Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 see we open to Romans chapter 12 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God good morning brothers and sisters i got to say, I think I say this a lot, but I, I love this church. I'm so blessed to be a member of this church and to be able to serve you as an elder. I'm honored and privileged and privileged to bring you the word this morning. Our pastor is in Alabama at an expositors conference this morning with Steve Lawson. And he uh, talked to him last night, he's having a good time back there. He can't wait. He actually gets to go to dinner with Steve tonight and a few other guys and He's, uh, he's really enjoying himself. Let's open up the word to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. Whenever you see that word, therefore, you need to ask yourself, what is it there for? You know, therefore, because of all of the scripture, all of the teaching that was in verses or chapters 1 to 11 of Romans, this is how you should then apply that teaching. This is, therefore, actually means because of that or on that basis, this is how we should respond, this is how we should act. So because of all that great teaching, all that great theology, this is how you should then act as Christians. In chapters 12 to 16 of Romans, you have the practical application of all of the theology in in chapters 1 to 11. Romans is a great book. If you ever had a chance to study it, I would encourage you. It's a deep book. It's just a super book, and I'm privileged to be able to share just a couple of verses this morning. Let's go to Romans 5.1, and here's a a couple uses of the word therefore. Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, We have peace with God. Because we've been justified, we have peace this morning. Because we've been justified, we have a peace that passes all understanding. A peace that is incomprehensible. A peace that the world does not have. Romans 5, 9. Since therefore we have been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. Since we've been justified, therefore, we've been saved. Saved from His wrath, a wrath that none of us ever want to see. I have no, no idea what that's going to be like, the wrath of God. We are saved from that wrath this morning. Romans 8, 1-2, Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit and the law of life, Has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. There's no no more condemnation for those that are in Christ. We cannot be condemned. We cannot be condemned by the world. We cannot be condemned by Satan. There's no condemnation because we are in Christ this morning. These are rich promises of God that we need to hold on to. We need to memorize these scriptures if we don't know them. We have peace. We're saved from God's wrath. And there's therefore no more condemnation because of Christ. So I'm going to take some liberty and condense a couple of the earlier chapters of Romans. Because you've been called, because one day, because you've been justified, because you are being sanctified daily, because one day you'll be glorified, Romans 12.1, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Because Christ has done all these things in your life, this is how we should live. This is how we should act. This should be our response. Since God is continuing to do this mighty work in you, this is how you should respond. This is our reasonable service. If you are not in Christ this morning, it's going to be impossible for you to do these things. This is something that only Christians can do the only reason that we can do this is because of Christ it's not our own flesh and the only reason that we are holy is because God is holy it's not something we can muster up on our own strength or power this is a supernatural act of God himself this is the work of salvation and this is the work of Jesus Christ he himself he alone gives us the ability to walk in a worthy manner in a manner worthy of our calling If you do not know Christ this morning and you would like to have these promises for yourself, we would love to talk to you about that. The only way we can be made holy is by the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. It's by Christ's holiness alone that has been imputed to us as believers. He alone makes it possible for us to offer up ourselves to God because He alone offered up Himself to God. Romans 12.1 God is merciful I appeal to you I encourage you I exhort you by the mercies of God therefore brethren I thank God that he is merciful and I thank God that he had mercy on me thank God for his mercy this morning we are just we're sinners saved by grace and I'm glad that we have a merciful God that reached down and, and grabbed us and saved us saved us from that wrath his mercy is a gift of grace to us who are called. Romans three twenty-three and 24. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. His grace is a gift. Nothing we could do to earn it. God reached down and saved us in His compassion. He had pity on us. He made a way for us. By His grace we've been called. By His mercy. We've been called. There's nothing we can do to earn it. Christ's finished perfect work on the cross was payment in full for the wages of our sin. Romans 3, 25 and 26. Whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith, this was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time So that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Because God is just, there is a penalty for sin. Because he is righteous, payment had to be made for that sin. The penalty for the sin was the death of Christ. Christ was the only one that could fulfill that penalty, being sinless, perfect. God is the justifier and we have been justified. Only God can justify, and we've been justified through Jesus Christ. We have been graced even with the faith to believe. We don't come to God with our our faith. He gives us that faith. It is a gift. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one can boast. There's nothing we can boast in this morning except the cross. There's nothing we can boast in. There's nothing we have done to earn this. There's nothing we can do to earn it. It is only by the grace and mercy of God. So, we need to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. <clears throat> Back to Romans 12:1. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is, is your spiritual worship so what is sacrifice you, you've read about it in the Old Testament uh, different sacrifices were required to be made for, to atone for sin there were different kinds of sacrifices but at the very heart of it was that sin demanded punishment the sacrifices were ongoing because your sin uh, needed to be covered so that God could actually have relationship with those that worshipped him Notice here that their sins were only covered. Ours were taken away. God demanded a flawless sacrifice, a lamb without blemish. The living sacrifice that we are making is not for our sin. I want to make that clear this morning. That's, this is not a sin sacrifice. This is a sacrifice of ourselves as we, worship our, as we offer ourselves back up to Christ. Jesus Christ was the lamb that was without blemish, that was sacrificed for our sin. We are holy only because God is holy. It's very important. The only reason we're holy is because God is holy. Christ first presented his body as a holy sacrifice so that we could present our bodies as a holy living sacrifice. First Corinthians six, nineteen and twenty. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. We've been purchased. We've been bought. We are not our own. We are Christ. We are possessed by God and we are possessed for God. We need to be aware of whose we are now. We, we are Christ. Galatians 2 Twenty. I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me and the life that I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me it's, not, it's no longer I who lives it's Christ who lives in us and through us it is the only way that we can offer spiritual sacrifices it is the only way our sacrifices are only worthy because Christ is worthy 1 Peter 2, verse 5, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Ryan read from this earlier this morning. And it's very important to know that our spiritual sacrifices are only acceptable as they're offered through Jesus Christ. We are being built up. It's a continuing process. The process of sanctification is an ongoing work in our life. It's the work that the Holy Spirit does as He molds us into the image of of the Son until the day we are glorified. As I grow in Christ, I am able to offer more of myself to Him as I die more and more to my flesh. The flesh needs to be dealt with. The flesh needs to die. I thank God that when Christ died for my sins, he offered all of himself once and for all. For me, it's a daily process. It's an ongoing process that won't be complete until he returns. The more you die to your flesh, the weaker your flesh becomes. The more you feed your spirit, the stronger your spirit becomes. It's simple, really, when you, when, you, when you think about it. The more we feed, whatever part of us we feed, that, that's, that's going to become the more dominant, stronger part need to feed our spirits this morning. Romans 6.13 Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present your members as instruments for righteousness. I'm sorry. But present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. We need to represent Him who represents us before the Father. When you put on a company uniform, you represent that company, whatever it is. If you're in the if you're in the service, you represent the service, the military. You need to be a good representative, and I'm sure that's well conveyed to you as you put on that uniform. That wherever you go, you're going to represent that company as ambassadors for Christ. We need to rightly re- represent Him. Fortunately, there's a lot of imposters out there today, and we need to be very careful that. Um, we realize that, that just because somebody says they're a Christian doesn't mean they're a Christian. There needs to be fruit that accompany that repentance. There needs to be fruit that, that uh, will prove that you are who you say you are and you're living a life that's worthy of the manner of your calling. God wants our lifestyles and He, he wants uh, to reflect that we are a new creature. We are new creatures in Christ. The old old creature is is gone. and He wants our lifestyles to reflect that we are new creatures. Old things have passed away, old thoughts, old principles, old practices. Behold, all things are new. We have a new heart and we have a new nature. We have Christ's nature within us. Oh, the old nature is dying away. We used to use our bodies for evil and now we use our bodies for good. We used to use our bodies for the glory. We need to use our bodies for the glory and the service of the Lord. That is our spiritual sacrifice. That is our reasonable service. Number 4. Do not love this world. <coughs> Romans 12:2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Can you be in the world but not of it? We're all in the world. We live in this world day to day. But as Christians, we're not supposed to be in the world. We're not supposed to love the world or the things of the world. Our flesh and this world have a great affection for, for each other. Uh, we, our flesh is the thing that we have to kill off daily. If it were up to our flesh, our flesh would, would be completely of the world cannot love God, cannot love both God and the things which this world offers It's like trying to date two women at the same time, it just doesn't work out there would be a whole lot of jealousy it's not the way we were created we were created to love God and we were created to love him with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind our God is a jealous God and our love and our affection should be reserved for, for him you can't love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and still love the world. It's impossible. 1 John two, fifteen 15-17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride and possessions... It's not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. The world will definitely draw away your affections. The world entices us every day, whether it's TV, whether it's just walking down the street. The world will entice us in many different ways. We need to be wise to that when you start feeding your flesh instead of your spirit your, your flesh will become stronger the world and the things in it are temporary and they're going to fade, fade away they're not going to last if you're putting your, your time and your efforts into things of this world it's all going to pass away we need to be putting our thing, time and effort into things that are going to be eternal that are going to last forever God's kingdom is eternal and will never fade away Are we living lives that are honoring God and glorifying Christ? Or are we no different than the world that's around us? Our lives will be reflective of the things that we love the most. Our passions should be the evidence of the transformation that's happened in our lives. In other words, if it is difficult to see the difference between you and somebody else in the world, then we need to just check ourselves. If it's different to see... If it's hard to see there's been you, someone that is saved, and someone that's not saved, then we need to check ourselves. I was We, we did some traveling not too long ago. And when you're out and about, and you're especially in another part of the country, somebody will be able to pick up that you're maybe not from their area. It's usually accent. It's usually you're talking kind of funny. Um, it might be the way that you dress. It might be the way that you act. But it's typically the, the way that you're you're speaking. As Christians, we need to be that different in this world. We need to act so differently that people come up to us and say, You're different. There's something about you that I don't quite understand. You'll go through trials. You'll have all this stuff happen in your life, and you're just thanking, thanking God. You you know, You have joy, joy that I don't understand. We need to be like that. We need to be different. We need to have convictions we need to have uh, that peace that the world doesn't understand so but that the world will ask us how do I get that peace I want that peace. I want what you have give me a reason for that joy that's in you give me a reason for the, the love that I see in you and obviously we need to point them to Christ it's not us it's Christ it's only because of him it's, this is not love that I have that that I can muster up on my own it's only because he's first loved me We need to stop conforming to this world. We need to be different. We need to give our love to God and not the things of this world. How can we do that? How can we be separate from this world? How can we be set apart for for God's service? Colossians 3, verses 5 to 10. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry, on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. And these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, all anger, all wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you put off the old self with its practices, and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Thank God that we're being renewed. And it's after the image of our Creator. All those things we, we all once did and as a new creature, we have victory over that. Our old ways are dead and, and our new ways, we can live victorious in our new ways. We are be, being renewed daily, daily to walk in victory over the old man. This is a daily process. This is not something that just happens once. This is an ongoing daily process of sanctification. We need to lay these things aside. We need to remove them from our life, put them to death, sexual immorality, impure thoughts, evil desires, idolatry, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. I was in a golf tournament on Tuesday, and I happened to get paired up with a guy that I've never met before. And... After a couple of holes, I knew where he was coming from. Every other word was a swear word, and I just—I finally said, "Okay, you need to clean up your talk. I'm just having a hard time with this." And he goes, "I didn't realize I was offending you." Yeah. So he did for a while. You know, he did for a couple of holes, and then it just comes out again. It just—what is in you will, will pour forth from you. This is not something that we can do on our own. Obviously, he was not saved. He tried to suppress it in his flesh for for a period of time to appease me, but he can't do it. It only comes with, with Christ's help. There's no way we can make this change without the process of sanctification. I think the most frustrating place to be is where you're... You know what you're supposed to do, but you can't do it. I think Romans 6 talks a lot about that. It's very difficult. I think we need to realize that the resurrection power that Christ has given us has power over that sin, and we need to give that, give that sin to God. We need to live a life that is um, reflective of the work that's going on inside of us. It's a, it's a daily process and it's the process by which the saints are perfected and it's through the word of God it is through the word of God the more we get the word of God in us the more it will flow out of us Romans 6 19 I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations for just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness so now Present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. We were once slaves to sin, but now we are servants to righteousness. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. This is where the transformation happens. As we get the word of God into us, again, it'll do its mighty work and have its way with us. It'll change our thinking. We are being transformed from one degree to another. Second Corinthians 3.18, And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. God will complete that work that he started in us. That's Philippians 1.6. Jesus prays for us in John 17. If you haven't had a chance to read John 17 lately, just go back and read it. It's just a beautiful, beautiful scripture. called the high priestly prayer one of my favorite authors is d. martin lloyd jones he wrote a book on just john 17 alone it's thicker than my bible it's uh it's called the assurance of salvation it sounds simple but we need to know that we have salvation this morning we need to be assured of that without a doubt and if you do not please talk to us after the service Jesus prayed for us in John seventeen seventeen that we would be sanctified in the truth, thy word is truth. We are sanctified through God's word. Ephesians 4 22 to 24 To put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created out the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. So how does the sanctification process happen? We are sanctified through God's word. We are sanctified. We are being renewed in the spirit of our minds. The transformation of our minds will come through the study of God's word. John eight thirty one and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, then you are, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It is the Word of God that sets us free. It is God, God's Word alive in us that allows us to be able to abide in the true vine, which is Jesus Christ. As we abide in, in His Word, we will be able to reflect Christ. God will use His Word in our lives to transform us. As you look around this church, I've seen a lot of transformation over the last year and a half. It, it's been amazing. I'm talking spiritual transformation, spiritual growth. And all I can say is this, it's through God's Word. And it's been, it's, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. We're so blessed. If you're involved in any of the men's groups or the women's groups during the week, you're gonna be studying your Bible. You're gonna be getting into the Word. You're gonna be breaking it down that's why we open up every service with Scripture. And as Ryan said earlier, the reading of Holy Scripture is the only perfect part of the service. So the reading of Scripture is the only perfect part. Everything else it could be my words, but Scripture is the thing that is holy. It is Scripture that actually interprets Scripture. It is God's Word that will transform your life. So why do we study the Bible? so that we become more knowledgeable no in fact it says that knowledge will puff up but love will edify so we need to remember that as we as we start to study God's word that we don't become puffed up because I, I happen to know a little bit more than somebody else it's love love is what edifies we study so that we can know God and we can know him more intimately so we can be in, begin to understand how shall we then live This is what the scriptures say. How are we supposed to take this and apply it to our life? Unless God's word is in us, it will not flow out of us. It just can't. We are being transformed by the renewing of our minds. 2 Timothy 2.15 Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. As you study God's Word, you will be able to discern the truth from all the false teaching that's out there. The more we know the real thing, the more we'll be able to discern something that's, that's counterfeit. I was told this story a while ago about bankers. Bankers, when they teach new bankers, new tellers, how to find uh, counterfeit money, they actually just make them spend time with the real thing. They spend time so they know what it feels like, know what, what it looks like, So when something false comes along, they're able to spot it. So that's how you're going to find out this false teaching is by knowing knowing the truth. It takes hard work. It takes discipline. We don't study the Scriptures to obtain more knowledge. We study that we might know Him in a way that we maybe never, ever knew Him before. To understand the depth of His love that we might know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. These are the deep things of scripture. These are the things that take deep study. Christ was willing to go for the cross for those whom the Father had given him. He was willing to go to the cross, but he agonized over the fact that he was gonna be separate from his father for just a short period of time. He agonized over that. It's, It's amazing to me that Christ loved us so much That He was willing to do that for us. That Him who knew no sin all of a sudden knew all of our sin. Hmm. That is how much Christ loved us. That was the depth of His sacrifice. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's called the great exchange. Our sin to Christ, Christ's righteousness to us. It is the great exchange. You can have an appearance of godliness, but yet deny the power thereof. Christian conversion is a powerful thing. The result will create new affections, new desires, for you are a new creature. When I was first saved as a teenager, at the ripe age of 19, I dove into the Word of God. I couldn't get enough of it. I just poured myself into God's Word. And for the first time in my life, all those stories, all those Bible stories actually came, came alive. And I, there was actually there was teaching that I could glean from. I was excited to learn who God was and why I was here My Christian walk, it took off. I was being transformed by the renewing of our mind. All my old ways were passing away. All my old habits were dying off. I was forming new habits. I was making new friends that were like-minded. I got involved in ministry. And then I put it in cruise control. And uh, I think some of us do this where we get comfortable we start spending more time with the things of the world and the things of God. I, I did that for a time. It was not like there was some major sin in my life, that there was something that I, um, I needed to, to repent of. It was just I was not spending time with God, not as much time as I used to. The gifts that God had given me were sat dormant and unused. The, uh, my spiritual muscles had actually atrophied. You know, that's what happens when you stop working out. The muscles that you used to have aren't there anymore. My spiritual muscle was, was gone. I actually needed a, a spiritual kick in the pants. And uh, I think we all need that every once in a while. Just get going. You know what to do. It's time to get busy. And actually, this church had a lot to do with that. This church has been a blessing. This church will give you a spiritual kick in the pants you won't if you get involved you will get busy with the things of god you won't have time for much else so i began pursuing the things that had eternal consequences not just temporal i dedicated myself to a deeper understanding of biblical doctrine i have made and continue to make sacrifices to follow after the things of god i wasn't content to just have a superficial understanding of who god was anymore I wanted to know him. I wanted to know know him deeply. And he wants to know us intimately. He wants to know us deeply. He wants all of us. He is a righteous, holy, jealous God. He doesn't want to share himself with any of the other gods that we might have in our lives. He's a jealous God. James 4, 4 and 5. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is of no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? You are to love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. There should never be a a cruise control in, in our Christian walk. Never. We need to give ourselves completely to God and that's everything. That's our finances, our free time, our professions, our marriages, our children, our goals, our hopes, our dreams, or anything else that we're holding on to tightly. We need to have a live life with an open hand. When I say give, I mean give God control of those things in our life. He will bless those things in your life. He will bless every one of them. We are to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. He wants all of us. He doesn't want our cheap external sacrifices that we make. The things that we give up for God, a Sunday here, a Sunday there, a Bible study here, a Bible study there. He wants all of us, every bit of us. Titus 2:14. <clears throat> Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. As Christ has given himself to us, we are to give ourselves back to Christ. This is our reasonable service. This is our spiritual worship. When we are called to be transformed, we are called to rise above the things of this earth to a higher calling, we are called to actively pursue righteousness in the kingdom of God. We need depth in our spiritual understanding. True transformation comes by gaining a new understanding, a true understanding of who God is, who we are, and and the world around us. We need to start valuing the things that God values and, and hating the things that God hates. That will happen. You will see your sin, but at the same time, you will know that there is one that we can give that sin to, that has taken our sin, that has made a way for us. So six, what does the Lord require of us then? What does the Lord require of us? What is our reasonable service? We need to see the sinfulness of our sin and desire to be separated from it, to draw near to God, to long to enjoy God, to be separated unto God. 1 Peter one thirteen to 13-16 Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as He who called you is holy... You also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written you should be holy for I am holy. We are holy only because God is holy. Make that very clear. It's the only reason. So what does God's holiness have to do with our holiness? It has everything to do it do with it. We're not called saints because we're already pure. Please. Because, but because we are set apart, we are set apart to holiness. It's an ongoing work of sanctification. Sanctification is God's work from the beginning to the end. It starts with God, it continues with God, and God is going to finish that work. He will bring that work to completion. The moment that I've been born again, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us and works to separate me from, from my sin. The moment we are born again, we receive the Holy Spirit, which is involved in the process of separating us from the world and unto God it is the great conflict between the spirit and the flesh that will continue to the very end there is one reason and one reason only that we should be sanctified and that is because God is holy we are holy only because God is holy and that and Christ died for us he purchased us and we do not belong to ourselves we have no right to live a sinful life. That really struck me. We have no right to live a sinful life. Because we are His. Second Corinthians seven one. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. In the fear of God. Mm. If all we had to do was to let go and let God, then we wouldn't need this, this Bible here, this book of instruction. It's, it's a lot different than that. The Christian life could cons- doesn't consist on a, of a bunch of do's and don'ts. Now we have God's law actually written on our hearts. We know what's, what's right. We know what's, what's good. As you are filled up with God's Word, you will be able to discern what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. That's how you're going to know His will. As you fill yourself up with God's word, it will become clear. The key word here is to discern. Discernment comes from knowing God's word. That's where the discernment comes from. This is how we're going to know God's will. And this is how we're going to do God's will. Philippians 2, 12-13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. We are justified solely by the grace of God. It is the gift of God. It is not of ourselves. There is nothing we can do to earn it. And sanctification is still the work of God. God is at work in us and for us but we also have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And I thank God that we're not doing it alone, that He, that he gives us help. It is true that we can do nothing apart from Christ, but we must actively pe- be pursuing the things of God. It is hard work just like everything else in life. It's very hard work. But anything that's of any value is. You know, if it, were, it was really easy... I guess the road would be a little wider than it is, but the road is narrow. That's why it's that's why it's hard work. Not many will enter in. I'm sure all of us at some time or another wanted something so bad that we would give up anything for it. We would do anything to get that. Matthew 13:44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and he covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and he buys that field. In his joy, he goes back and he buys that field. He takes everything that he has, everything, and he gives it so he can have that one field, so he can have that treasure. That treasure is Christ. Christ is our treasure and in his time, we we discovered the riches that are in him. I love this quote, it says we need to stop raking leaves and we need to start digging for gold. You know, it's time that we get off the surface and get sweaty and get the shovel out and, and dig deep. That's where the gold is, that's where the riches are. It's a, it takes a little bit of sweat, but oh the treasures, oh the gold, oh the reward. Are you willing to sell all that you have and buy that field? Are you willing to take everything that you've obtained, everything that you've gained in this life, and and give it up for Christ? Are you willing to count it all as loss except for the unmatched worth of knowing Christ? Everything else is filthy rags except for knowing Christ. We need to begin pursuing Christ with all that is within us, with all of our heart, with all of our soul and with all of our mind. We've been singing this song When I Survey the Wondrous Cross for the last month and I don't know if you've had a chance to really think about these words. Hopefully we have it somewhat memorized by now but I wanted to close with this and the worship team will come up after I read this. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died my richest gain i count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride forbid it lord that i should boast save in the death of christ my god all the vain things that charm me the most i sacrifice them to his blood see from his head his hands his feet sorrow and love flow mingled down did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small? Love so amazing, love so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. This love, Christ's love, it demands our soul, it demands our life and it demands our all let's pray Lord God we thank you for the sacrifice that you made to make a way for us to have fellowship with you we thank you for Christ who has taken upon himself our sins so that we might be holy because you are holy He gave himself up so that we might be able to give ourselves up. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to do a mighty work in our lives through your word, that you would sanctify us, that you would set us apart for service so that we would know what your perfect will is. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.